0: Hello and welcome to the Ditcher Diet podcast. My name is Kerry and this week we're talking about why you're not losing weight, part one. So have you ever felt like you're just not losing weight no matter what you do? Maybe you're plateauing uh, or maybe you just seem to even be gaining weight and it really doesn't matter what you eat, nothing seems to be working. So it might even leave you secretly wondering if you've got something wrong with your metabolism or if you have a medical condition. And if this sounds like it resonates with you, then I can really empathize. I've definitely been there myself. Um, I spent many, many years yo-yoing. And when I got into my 30s, I actually found myself going beyond yo-yoing. And I seemed to not lose weight, not a significant amount of weight. And I even seemed to gain weight sometimes. So I would change what I was eating. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't being really a hundred percent with my tracking either, but it seemed to me that I was putting on weight or I was just plateauing and it didn't matter whether I was, you know, just cutting out wheat and sugar at the time, or maybe I was doing paleo or vegetarian or even going almost to vegan. Just did not seem to be working. And what was interesting was I had some hormonal stuff going on as well. So I had some stuff going on with my periods and... I was convinced at one point that I had polycystic ovaries and one of the symptoms of polycystic ovaries is that you tend to hold on to weight and I was absolutely convinced that this was what's going on because of some of the stuff that was going on with my periods as well. So I went to the doctors and asked them to test me and nothing came up and I really didn't even believe the results of that test. Um, I ended up going, returning to the doctor for three different tests at different times over the course of about 18 months and uh, I just did not find the solution. So I just, it seemed to me that my metabolism was broken and I tried many, many times to lose weight and I never could quite get there. I did in the end, obviously, because I'm now a weight loss coach and I definitely did not foresee that in my career path, given my history with weight loss. Um, I did not have success um, with this at all before. So in 2017, I think I'd got to a point where I'd come to this kind of unhappy acceptance of my weight. I'd kind of been trying really hard to accept myself for where I'm at and just accept that maybe this is just me. I'm overweight. I will find a way to deal with the back pain. I'll find a way to deal with my sore joints. I Hopefully one day I will be able to be fit and strong and run again. But at that point I wasn't able to and I was kind of just I'd given up on it. I I didn't think that anything would work and I was just trying to be happy where I was. But I had a wedding coming up and I needed to go and see my friend in New Zealand and go to her wedding. And I was going to see lots of people that I hadn't seen in a really long time. And I was really anxious about that. I had put on a lot of weight and I was feeling very unhappy about turning up there and seeing all these people from all over the world that I hadn't seen for years. And just the thoughts that were going through my head were just agonizing. So when I came across a weight loss coach quite by chance, And she really encouraged me to give her program a go. I thought, what have I got to lose? I didn't really think it was going to work. And I thought, you know what? I've got, I can't remember how long it was to go before the wedding now. Maybe it was five months before the wedding. I thought, I've got five months what have I got to lose? So I gave it a go. It was a six week program. Didn't do any of the mindset stuff that I do now, but it was just the the kind of diet component. And it actually worked. And I was really amazed because I was convinced there was something wrong with me. And I'd seen that with many women in my naturopathic practice. I has had specialized in hormones, hormonal imbalance over time, around that time. And I was seeing many people come in, And they were wanting help with some hormonal area, whether it was a skin problem, whether it was a period problem, um, whether it was something like cysts on their breasts or some breast pain, anything like that going on. Quite often, there was also some weight there that they wanted to lose as well. And unfortunately, I could only give them some advice that I had tried from various different books before. And I could not really give them a solution that I knew would genuinely work for them because I hadn't found that for myself at that stage. So I've spoken about that that kind of pain that I had at that point where I was seeing clients and I was not able to help them because I was overweight myself and I was so paranoid. I was thinking, what are they thinking of me? Um, anyway, so I do believe that there's something with this presentation, for us women who are over 30 and we may have hormonal stuff going on, there just seems to be something where the traditional sense of calories in, calories out, just be mindful of how much you eat and make sure you do enough exercise. It just isn't enough for us. And so... What I've learned over time in my weight loss journey and my journey of helping other women through this is that there is a formula that seems to work for many of us. And even though I say it's a formula, I don't look at it as a diet because I offer it as a kind of baseline and a framework that people can build on and learn what works for them through personalization and just seeing how their numbers go. So what I'm going to do for you today is share some of my thoughts on the physical side of weight loss and what I teach every one of my clients who comes through my program. And next week, we're going to talk about the emotional stuff, the mindset techniques and tools that you need to lose weight on an emotional level. So, when it comes to physical weight loss, it's really not just about what you eat and how much exercise you do. Calories in and calories out just does not seem to work for us hormonal women. Those of us who tend to yo yo diet, who tend to not lose weight, who seem to have something wrong with their metabolism, it just does not seem to work. And the problem is that when we are relying on our body to be fueled by sugar, This is the uh, source of energy for our body that causes many, many problems. So there's two main fuel sources that we look at through uh, the weight loss program that I teach. And that is uh, fueling your body with sugar. Or fueling your body with fat. So the first one, sugar, uh, fueling your body with sugar is we refer to it as sugar adaptation. So when you are fueling your body with sugar, it's a very quick energy source for your body. You're going to get some quite significant highs in terms of your energy from that, and some significant lows. If you've ever heard of anything around blood sugar. And the glycemic index, you'll know what I'm talking about when it comes to sugar adaptation. So this is where you eat foods that are converted into sugar in your blood and your body uses this as a fuel source. And it can actually encourage your body to store fat. So when your body is using sugar for fuel, you're actually going into fat storage mode. And until I really understood more about this process, I just did not realize that Even when I was eating whole grains and I was eating porridge and brown rice, and I thought I was being really, really good with my choice of foods in order to lose weight, This was really the problem. I was still having some foods that do convert into sugar, even though it's lower on the glycemic index, which is the kind of index that shows how much um, sugar converts, sorry, how much the food converts to sugar in your blood. I mean, even though those types of grains that I was having are not considered to be high on the glycemic index, my body personally was just too sensitive to that. And I didn't realize that at the time. It also explains a lot around why I remember there was a friend I saw regularly, and she'd always be cooking beautiful pasta, but she'd use really good whole pasta. You know, she got really high quality Italian pasta. They kind of imported it from Italy, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I'd kind of hang out with her once a week, and we'd eat pasta and things like that. And I thought, well, I'm not eating that much. This can't be bad. And she makes it in a really healthy way. And I just didn't seem to lose weight. You know, it was just really problematic for me and I did not recognise just how much my body was relying on sugar as a fuel source. So we might know many of these quick fuel sources because the commonly known ones are white sugar, white flour. So these foods convert to sugar really quickly in our blood and it will give us a very quick high. We'll feel a lot of energy we'll feel a real boost from that. And we even may feel an emotional boost from that. So if you're feeling uh, a little bit down, a little bit tired, then you can get a bit of an emotional boost from it as well. But your body is going into fat storage mode when it's doing this. The other issue with this uh, way of fueling your body is that you do go through those lows as well. So you can get very low energy, a real sense of fatigue and tiredness can come in. You can get an emotional low as well. And actually when you combine those, you can get quite hangry, quite frustrated, quite irritable. So if you've ever been hungry and angry or irritable at the same time, you are probably experiencing a sugar withdrawal at that point. The thing is, it also mucks up some of our other hormones as well that give us hunger signals. So when our body is fueled by sugar, we actually can't distinguish very easily between the different types of hunger cues that we have as well. So it's really hard to know whether our body is crying out for physical fuel, so it's a physical hunger, whether it's an emotional hunger, Or whether it's a sugar withdrawal hunger, and that's the type of hunger that I mentioned to you before where you feel hangry, frustrated, irritable, maybe a bit shaky, maybe quite tired. So this is all in the realm of being sugar adapted. And what I really encourage my clients to do is to have a look at a plan of eating that really uh, encourages coming away from sugar as a source of fuel for the body and going much more into a fat adapted state. So your body is using fat for fuel. So that is really the solution is to get fat adapted. When your body uses fat for fuel, it's a slow burn energy process uh, energy source. So you have nice even energy. You have very balanced hunger. You're not getting that urgent hunger. You're not getting that hangry hunger where you're just feeling irritable and frustrated and angry all the time. Um, you know your your emotions are very much more on an even keel. You're not going through those spikes and dips in terms of your blood sugar. So you're able to be much more on an even keel. So emotionally you're more even Energy-wise, you're more even and hunger-wise, you have a much more even balance because you're not getting these massive urgent hunger cues that can have you eating more than you were ever meant to eat. And because it's slow burn as well, it keeps us satiated for much longer. So actually, when we're eating the foods that encourage fat adaptation and we're burning our body's own fat stores for fuel, we don't get as hungry. We just don't need to eat as much. So this is what we call fat burning mode. Fat adaptation equals fat burning mode. So this is what we really aim to do in my weight loss program that I teach to my clients I encourage them to go into fat-burning mode through the choice of foods that they decide to put into their own protocol, their own eating plan. So this is all about hormones. So for those of us women who are used to experiencing hormonal issues maybe around the period and also tend to hang on to weight and maybe that's got worse and worse as you get older then you will want to probably have a look at this way of eating because being fat adapted helps to really clear up any hormonal balance imbalance that's going on in the background as well because insulin is a really big um a really big hormone when it comes to weight loss insulin is the hormone uh, it's produced in the pancreas and it's res- it's produced in response to food in your body saying that i believe it's around all the time but it's just when we eat it your body produces more of it now depending on what you eat it really dictates how much insulin is released and how much insulin is in your blood. So when you're you're eating foods that convert into sugar, you're in sugar adaptation mode and you have uh, more sugar in your blood than you would if you were eating fat burning foods, fat adaptation foods, you're going to have more insulin. And when you have more insulin, that mucks up our hunger signals and our fullness signals because the hormones, ghrelin and leptin, are imbalanced. So when, when insulin is high in the blood because of the types of foods that you've been eating, your body can't distinguish when it's genuinely hungry at that point. It can't distinguish when it's genuinely full. So it's really easy to eat when we're not really truly hungry and to eat more than we need to. And in addition to that, whenever insulin is around in our blood, we're literally using that sugar for fuel, we're ignoring all of the fat that's available in our fat stores in our body. So we have all this lovely fuel that's available in our body for fueling, and if we accessed that and used it, we'd be losing weight so easily, So this is the problem of being sugar adapted when it comes to weight loss. We need to look at foods that are going to encourage us to have a really nice, even balance of insulin, and then it's going to encourage a nice balance of ghrelin and leptin so that you feel full when you're genuinely full, you know when you're hungry, when you're genuinely physically hungry, and so that you burn fat instead of storing even more fat. So how do you do this? I spoke about uh, what to eat to lose weight in podcast number two. So if you want to go into more detail around that, it's all there for you. But what I do encourage people to do as part of their general framework when they decide what they're eating as part of their protocol, I encourage them to base that on the knowledge that eating a good source of protein some really great healthy uh, fats and non-starchy vegetables are going to be the perfect recipe for regulating insulin and getting fat adapted. So I really encourage my clients to use the the framework of protein, healthy fats, non-starchy vegetables as their framework, and then to personalize from there, because as I mentioned, we're all so different. So for me personally, I found before when I was eating oats, when I was eating brown rice, When I was eating rye bread, even though it wasn't wheat, I was not eating any processed sugar. I still found that I was hanging on to some very stubborn weight and it just wouldn't shift. And as soon as I started changing what I was eating, I then found that I started losing weight. So we're all so different. So from this framework, I then encourage my clients to maybe test things. So so if you want to eat oats, then maybe do that you know, decide how many times you want to eat that in advance, decide how much you want to eat in advance, and let's see what that does to your weight. So over time, people are able to build up their own personal weight loss protocol and really understand what works for them as an individual. Now, You also may know that um, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I don't recommend that we go back into the diet mentality because it's never worked for us before. Us yo-yo dieters, we know that if it did work, we wouldn't be here, would we? (laughs) You know, Nothing's worked long-term. Deprivation and restriction do not work. So my message here is definitely not sugar is bad. Don't ever eat that again. Uh, Just quit sugar. I don't say that at all. But I do say let's eat it strategically. Knowing what we know about insulin, knowing that uh, eating sugar and eating flour will put us into fat storage mode, why don't we decide in advance when we're going to eat it and how much we eat so that we can still enjoy those foods that we really love and that bring us pure joy. There's nothing about them that's necessarily nutritious or nourishing, but we just love to eat them. It's just our joy eat. Now I covered the concept of joy eat. So that, so joy eats are where we plan strategically, where we want to eat food for joy that we know is not going to support our weight loss goal. And I think that was podcast number nine around Easter, where I talked about chocolate and how to plan in advance, how to eat a food that you really love to eat and you don't want to give up forever. So that's in a nutshell, what I take my clients through when it comes to understanding what to do on a physical level for weight loss. So I hope that's been helpful for you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Have you found anything at all that works for you? Maybe you've found the perfect recipe for your weight loss that that just works fantastically. So I'd love to hear any thoughts or questions that you've got. You can come over to my website and find this podcast episode. So that's at kerrydwilliams.com.au forward slash number 11 and that is spelled k-e-r-i-d williams so all one word kerrydwilliams.com forward slash number 11 and if you scroll down you'll see the comment box for the podcast so i hope that's been helpful and i look forward to speaking to you next week all about part two and that's the uh, weight loss on the emotional level okay have a great week bye for now